Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History puddle. Bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. And we welcome you into Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. My name is Greg Frank. You can find me on gambling Twitter at Undercover Greg. I would say joined by my partner in crime, Alex Uplinger, but uh, he is uh, taking the week off. And we had our own kind of scheduling nightmare on Thursday night when we normally record. I am a uh, Philadelphia area native, and I happen to live in Houston. So Thursday was a very busy night for me, uh, separate from the podcast, to say the least, with Game 5 of the World Series and Thursday Night Football at NRG Stadium, Texans hosting the Eagles. So, this is all my long way of saying that I wanted to jump on and fly solo and just run through my favorite picks in the NFL Week Eight, or excuse me, Week Nine rotation. As we are going to be at the halfway point after this week, nine out of eighteen weeks will have concluded in the National Football League's regular season. So, without further ado. Let's get started, and this is going to be a rapid-fire, quick, you know, 15, 20-minute listen for everybody just to try and hopefully get you some winners, get you in and get you out and move you, move along with your weekend. And so I want to start with one of the more fun non-divisional rivalries in football the last 20 years, and that's the Indianapolis Colts traveling to Foxborough to take on the New England Patriots. Of course, this hasn't been much of a rivalry of late. They haven't found each other in the playoffs, and 
uh, both of these teams since the retirement of Andrew Luck and the departure of Tom Brady in New England. We haven't quite seen them compete at the highest of levels in the AFC, but regardless, uh, I think there's probably some, we talked about it last week where we were on the Patriots against the Jets, always one of those games for Belichick where he circles, and I think there's definitely some of that here with the Colts where there's just such a history with these two teams, Deflategate, Josh McDaniels leaving and then reneging on the offer and going back to New England. I think this is another one of those games for the hoodie that gets pretty personal. Um, And so before I get into the specifics of the handicap, I might as well say it's a a five-and-a-half-point line in favor of the home team, the Patriots, a total in this game of 40. And I will admit it's kind of a bad number as this has drifted out. I think it was inside the field goal on the look-ahead line. But I'm still going to go ahead and play it at minus five and a half and take the Patriots. What's going on with the Colts? Does anyone know the answer? Jonathan Taylor's out. Marcus Brady just got fired, the offensive coordinator there. Frank Reich is a lame duck coach, very possibly, as the Tennessee Titans continue to create some distance in the AFC South. And they don't have a quarterback. Matt Ryan, you know, that experiment has failed. And they're bringing in Sam Elliger now, who seems to be nothing more than a backup game manager. And this is an offense that's going to go to Foxborough and get right against the New England defense? (laughs) I just don't see it. And say what you want about Mac Jones and where he might be at from a health standpoint. They did enough last week. And you think about the, particularly in the post-Brady era, the last few seasons, defense has been New England's calling card. So I'm not that worried about where New England is at offensively. And if you look at it again, last week, Mac Jones throws for about 200 yards. He does throw one pick. Throws a touchdown pass, and and they run for 127 on the ground. In total, it ends up being just 288 yards of offense. So you'd like to see a little bit more. You'd like to see them up, you know, hopefully between 350 and 400 yards of offense on Sunday. But I honestly think New England can cover this number if it scores two touchdowns. Because I'm not sure... Indianapolis even scores double digits here. So, all of the chaos and kind of crumbling Colts here that we have on the offensive side of the ball. And then, you know, you look at the defense for Indianapolis. I mean, it's fine. But it's also not a defense that is upper echelon in the NFL. A lot of opponents have been able to get into the upper teens recently. Like Washington scores 17 last week. Tennessee scores 19 the week prior. Jacksonville gets 27 on Indy. So if you're telling me New England is going to get anywhere from 14 to 24 points, then I like this even more. So I'll definitely put a unit on the Patriots minus 5 and the hook.
Let's move on and go to Duval, where this game's not that interesting, but all tickets cash cash the same, and we have the Las Vegas Raiders laying two in Jacksonville against the Jaguars. Now, first off, Alex and I always like to talk about travel spots. It's back-to-back games with lengthy travel for Vegas, having played New Orleans last week, and then... Jacksonville this week, but before I, I suppose I rephrase that, it's not really lengthy travel because the Raiders stayed on the East Coast and they've been in Florida all week. And I always like seeing that with West Coast teams with two straight games uh, at 10 a.m. Pacific time, 1 a.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Eastern. Because what that tells me is the body clock concern is going to kind of disappear so when we talk about body clocks Jacksonville coming back from London uh, hasn't always been the best spot by the way only nine previous times has a team had to play coming back from London normally they like to get those teams on their bye weeks after the London game in those nine games the week after London for a team. Seven and two team totals to the over for the opponent. And eight of those previous nine times, excuse me, all nine times, the team coming back from London trailed in the fourth quarter. So again, maybe some body clock adjusting there as well. So we like that angle of it for the Raiders. And I also just think this is a Raider team that's going to start to put the pieces together in the second half of the season. And what better time to do it than a game against Jacksonville? In a lot of ways, this feels like the ultimate buy low on the Raiders. And I've been pounding this drum for quite a while in that this team's not that bad. I know they're 2-5 and five, or 2-6 and six now, whatever it is. But, actually, I think it's 2-5. and five. Yeah, because they already had their bye week. But regardless, early in the year, lost a close game to the Chargers week one. Lost a close game to the Chiefs in primetime on Monday Night Football. Lost a close game to the Titans in Nashville. And eventually, you lose enough close games. Blew a game against Arizona on their home field that they should have won. Eventually, you lose enough close games. You say you're just not that good. Fine, fair. But the quality of those opponents, Chargers, Arizona even, certainly Kansas City, and the Kansas City one was on the road, those are all better opponents than Jacksonville. Are the Raiders going to come back and make the playoffs? Maybe not. But there's no way they're this bad. This team was in the playoffs last year. And yeah, they've had some Devontae Adams stuff to go through. He's been a little sick lately, and the whole incident at the end of the Chiefs game, but there's a football team that has talent that hasn't played up to its ability yet, and it's a Jacksonville team that's reeling and couldn't even beat Denver last week. So, I like the Raiders, minus the short number, minus one and a half, minus two at a lot of shops. Let's go out to the West where we have a game in Arizona featuring the Arizona Cardinals and the Seattle Seahawks. Arizona is a short favorite here against Seattle in an NFC West game of 
two points the Cardinals are laying. And the total in this game sits at 49. Obviously high total. Seattle has been dynamite offensively. But Seattle, on both sides of the ball, has been heavily reliant on young players and rookies. And so I ask you, when is there going to be some regression on behalf of the Seahawks? And I do think of all the overachievers in the National Football League, Seattle, the New York teams, the Atlanta Falcons, the Seahawks might have the most staying power. And they talked about this a little bit with Joe Fan on our opening line report. I could see Seattle being a playoff team. I don't think they're going to win the division. And I think at the end of the day, we're going to see an NFC West continue to beat itself up. And Arizona is the team that really needs to get going at 3-5. and five. And I think the big thing here, why I'm going to be on the Cardinals minus the short number, is the fact that when these two teams played a few weeks ago, it was the end of the DeAndre Hopkins suspension. And he looks like DeAndre Hopkins again since he's returned. So, having said that, it was 19-9 to in favor of Seattle in week six. The Cardinals have scored 68 points in their last two games. Now, a couple of those are defensive touchdowns uh, after Andy Dalton threw a couple of pick sixes in a Thursday night game. But tell me how any of this is all that surprising. And for as much as Seattle's offense has been, you know, putting up video game-like numbers at times, is it surprising if DeAndre Hopkins is the best wide receiver on the field on Sunday, is it surprising if Kyler Murray outplays Geno Smith on Sunday? I don't think so. So I think this is an Arizona team that's just better now than it was three weeks ago. And they lost and didn't cover last week against Minnesota, but that's a Minnesota team that's 6-1. and one. Say what you want about the Vikings and, oh, they've had some phony wins, close calls. They're winning those games. Vikings feel like the quietest 6-1 and one team ever. We'll see what they do in the nation's capital on Sunday. But Arizona went right there. And, and by the way, underrated home field. We've talked about that Minnesota home field before on this podcast. It's pretty good. And Arizona went there early game for the West Coast team and gave them a great game. But now's when you need to flip the moral victories into actual victories. And at 3-5, and five, the Cardinals, I just think there's going to be more desperation here. I think for the Cardinals, this is their, I don't want to necessarily say Super Bowl because I still think at 3-6 and six, you can drum up a scenario in which Arizona gets hot and gets back in it. But it's damn near close to their Super Bowl. So, Cardinals minus the deuce, they cannot let the rest of the NFC West get away from them. Winnable game for the Rams on Sunday against the Bucks, And the 49ers are on their bye week. Big, big game here for Arizona. I think they answer the bell. We're not yet at that fade Cliff Kingsbury time of year just yet. That's coming in about four or five weeks. But right now, I'll ride with the Redbirds at home. Let's wrap things up. On Monday Night Football, the final side that I like in NFL Week 9 features the New Orleans Saints hosting the Baltimore Ravens. New Orleans catching two in the hook at home, a total of 47.5 here. I'm going to be on the Saints, plus the short number. 
Talked a little bit about how we're buying low on the Raiders with the Raiders coming off of a shutout against the Saints. Well, I do think when we talk about staying power and, and you know what to build off of, I think when we look at what happened with New Orleans last week, a shutout against Las Vegas, that it was the Saints starting to try and get back to their identity, right? Dennis Allen's the head coach. You look at New Orleans the last three, four years, and it's not like, you know, I'm talking like end of Drew Brees and, and last year as well where they, by the way, almost made the playoffs. Nine wins and they were trotting me and you out at quarterback by the time the season ended. So how were they winning at you know in recent years? It was with their defense. And they were limiting the big plays. Look at what they've done against Brady and the Bucks in recent games the last few years. That's all Dennis Allen. So as much as you want to talk about Sean Payton and how much they miss him, and all that might be fair. This is a New Orleans team that's going to win with defense in 2022, and last week's game I think was an indicator of what's to come for the Saints. Somebody's got to win that NFC South, right? And I think there's a world in which New Orleans replicates last week enough to get to, say, eight wins, which might be enough. Maybe nine. They already have a head-to-head win against Atlanta. For tiebreaker purposes, obviously they'll play again. What does all that mean for this game against Baltimore? Matchup-wise, I just think we're checking boxes here in terms of New Orleans defense versus Baltimore offense. What's going on with Baltimore right now? Mark Andrews probably not going to play in this game. Their running backs have been injured again. J.K. Dobbins is on IR. Rashad Bateman out for the year. I like Lamar Jackson as much as the next guy, and I would pay him. But we talk about you and me playing quarterback last year for the Saints. Well, the Ravens might need us at wide receiver. So all of this is to say that I don't know I, I don't know Baltimore scores a lot here. And then couple the fact with the Ravens have been the NFL's worst fourth quarter against the spread team in the NFL. And the Saints are the most, excuse me, the second most second half points per game team in the NFL. And in a close game late, I'm going to take the team getting points. So I like the Saints plus the three. That'll be my last pick here on full site. Quick little rapid fire. Again, I was going to say nothing... uh, extraordinary here. Just wanted to come on and get some picks out for NFL Week 9. That's going to wrap things up for Full Slate. We're back with Joe Fan for our Week 10 opening line report, and then we'll be back in our normal Thursday night recording, Friday night dropping session with Alex Uplinger for week number 10. Again, that'll do it for us here. I'm Greg Frank at Undercover Greg on Gambling Twitter. Shoot the podcast to follow at full underscore slate underscore pod. Enjoy Week 10, excuse me, Week 9 in the NFL. Let's not wish them all away. Remember to set those clocks back. And of course, please play responsibly.